our second episode will uh, dwell around my personal history. Uh, I was 10 years old when uh, John Kennedy was elected president. I remember we were living in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and we uh, had an apartment uh, with Mrs. Yasher. Yasher. And uh, we lived in, uh, I believe, an upstairs apartment on the second level. And then uh, that was in New Jersey while my father was stationed at Camp Drum, New York. Later on, a few years later, uh, we were living in Fort Devens, Massachusetts, and uh, on government housing on Davio Circle. And uh, I skipped school on that particular day, November 22nd. And unfortunately, I was home to get the announcement. I was doing some 13-year-old stuff in the bedroom, whatever I was doing. I don't even remember what I was doing, but I had the TV on. And I saw Walter Cronkite come on and said that uh, John Kennedy, our president, had been shot in Dallas, Texas. And it wasn't very long afterwards that he came in on and said uh, President Kennedy had been killed. So that gives you the time frame of my personal history. But uh, towards the latter end of the decades of the 60s, uh, 67, 68, uh, I came across the Popular Science magazine, and it had a huge tidal wave, which was just about to go over New York City. And upon reading that story, this huge tidal wave, which, which today they would refer to it as a tsunami, uh, was caused by Planet X, and it had a three or four page, maybe five page story in it, and I'm pretty sure it was either Popular Science, it could have been Popular Mechanics, but I kind of, I doubt it, and uh, it made reference where Planet X had been found, and what the likelihood that when it came near us again, what would happen uh, concerning uh, planet Earth. And this is what our second episode will be dealing with. And uh, come back and return to us and join the experiment. And we'll be right back. Be sure to subscribe to our pages, add to your favorites, and contribute, donate, so we can get this uh, show going on a regular more intense basis and we would appreciate all of your input and your suggestions we'll be right back hi I'm Coral Gregory and I'd like to tell you that truth is always stranger than fiction and history is written by the winners don't forget all those who lost the fight yet we're proven right. This is an endless journey and we're running out of time. 
Join us in the experiment to a new awakening. Get ready for your tomorrow today. And now, welcome to the experiment, where you will be taken to where it all began. Come along for the adventure and the thrill. It's not for the faint of heart. Your reality just may be shattered. Live and learn as we head down the path of freedom that is true. The truth may not set you free, but at least you'll know who your captors are. And now, my husband, your host, David Gregory. Take the first step on a journey for truth. It may change your perception of reality and bring a better understanding of the real events that led us to where we stand now. Come along for the ride. You may never want to return. CIA, UFOs, JFK, Sumerians, Earth Chronicles, Anunnaki, Nibiru, Affairs of the Gods with Small G, and men running out of time. It is what it is, was what it was. It's a new day. Screw it. Grab the moment with Dave Gregory and ponder tomorrow before you become another piece of the puzzle. This is where truth is always stranger than fiction. As it turns out, uh, Zachariah Siskins wrote, his first book was The Twelfth Planet, and it refers to the Nibiru. And what he got his information from were the Sumerian tablets that were left behind. They were actually dictated to uh, a writer by the gods with a small g and what to say. This story is so immense. These tablets have existed for at least uh, a millennial and perhaps longer. The Nibiruans were came to Earth uh, roughly 500,000 years ago. And they came to the planet because they had witnessed with their observation of our and their solar system approximately four billion years ago, the planet of Tiamat uh, actually collided with one of their orbiting uh, uh, one of their orbiting planets. Uh, they, they, they orbit our solar system with their own red dwarf star along with several planets that are in that orbit with them. 
they come around approximately every 3,600 years. But during this course of time, when they have come around, there's been times and occasions when they've been late in showing up. The solar system doesn't run on a clock. There are external forces from time to time that encounters uh, this movement, which can make it uh, later, usually later than on schedule. So the first time they they were observing when their little their constellation of their own planets uh, four billion years ago, so they're a hell of a lot older than we humanity is. They observed one of their outer planets collide with Tiamate. I believe that's spelled T-I-M-A-I-T, something like that. And when it did, it actually uh, created a huge, tore a huge chunk out of that planet. And that planet, uh, water appeared. And along with that planet, they could see veins of gold. And... Uh, over that course of time as the years went by and Nibiru ran into difficulties with its atmosphere I kid you not its atmosphere became eroded and when it did they sought several different ways in order to you know, tried to plug up their holes in their atmosphere. In fact, one of the ways that they were going to try to do is drop nuclear bombs, yes, nuclear bombs, into volcanoes with the hopes that the volcanoes would erupt, uh, pouring out fumes and and things to enter the atmosphere to protect it from the sun and the radiation. That did not work too successfully. The people on Nibiru uh, were getting very anxious. This is a kingdom. Nibiru exists under a kingdom. A kingship. And as a result, uh, jumping forward, the if you have ever wondered how the royalty on Earth came into being, have you ever asked the question, well, what makes a family royal? Well, the answer is their offsprings of the gods. Their bloodline is offspring of a god. So these are the people who the Nibiruans actually created. We'll get you into that story in a moment. 
But they created these people. Uh, they created humanity. But they created humanity for a purpose. Because when they first came to Tiamate, or planet Earth, they, they came with the intention of looking for gold. Gold would be their answer to uh, reinforcing their atmosphere with uh, atomized gold. That, in other words, grinding it up into uh, molecules where they could actually put it, insert it into the atmosphere around the planet. And a lot of you, or some of you may know that the best, uh, if you want to do your car with sunscreens, the, the auto shop, some of the more expensive ones, uh, offer you a, a, goal, a goal screening to keep out the sun. And the number ones, I didn't wanted to do that. So their original, original astronauts that landed on the Earth, which became the Earth to us, they spent 10 years digging these mines around Africa, gold mines, ancient gold mines that are at least 500,000 years old. They exist today, what's left of them. So these astronauts for 10 years dug up, dug up this skull. And then they became so disillusioned and so tired of doing this task that they revolted. And when they revolted, the ruling parties of Nibiru, which was the lord of the earth, his name, uh, his name, Enel, E-N-I-L, and his half-brother is uh, uh, Enki, E-N-K-I. And Enel wanted to just execute all the astronauts. And Enki said, no, let's hold off, let's wait. We can perhaps come up with a solution to the problem. So they began to... Uh, Thinking on what to do, Enki and his wife, uh, who was a, a high-tech, uh, um, high-tech uh, medical technician person, uh, way back then, <laughs> remember they're way ahead of us of humanity. They came up with a, uh, uh, a solution. They gathered around the, the royal court. And Inky says, well, we don't have to kill our astronauts. We can actually, we can create a force that can do our labor for us. And therefore, uh, we'll be getting our goal mined and we, the astronauts can, can continue on with their normal duties by going going to uh, 
Well, what they did was after they, uh, my computer just blinked, I'm pretty sure it's still working though. What they did was uh, that they, uh, they continued, they actually used Mars uh, as, uh, I'm jumping ahead, but they actually, they created the humanities, what they did. They took the, uh, the, the, two bipedal uh, the bipedal some humanoid from uh, Africa and they inseminated them with a sperm from the Nibiruan male and you can hear my Mo, Larry, and Curly clock go off in the background. It is now 8 p.m. And after they did this, I mean, this wasn't successful the first time. They had many trial and errors. And different religions record this, and their, their Enki's writings have been recorded on. Uh, uh, cuneiforms, the clay tablets which they baked and they left behind, and there's probably half a million of them more scattered around the world. They were first discovered and and translated in the 18th century. So you can imagine that people translating this in the 18th century. Uh, the, yeah, 1800, so it'd be the 19th century. They wouldn't have a clue uh, that, you know, what this was all about. People flying, coming from outer space. And uh, they wouldn't have a clue about any of this. So, basically, uh, they call it all mythology. And the institutions that have developed in our time, still refer to it as mythology, even though the cuneiforms and all kinds of evidence exist that this is what transpired. There are numerous books, way far beyond uh, Zacharias Sitchkin, but what he did was amazing. What he did uh, simply is a remarkable feat. And people disagree with them. People disagree with everything, you know. It's hard to get any consensus on anything. But that being as it may, the facts are the facts. Evidence exists. And uh, the... Back to creating their their uh, species that they wanted to have to work for them, they tried different, very different um, members of uh, uh, crossing uh, different species together, and this is where you come across the historical reference to the half man, half uh, was it. Uh, jackass, mule, 
uh, different species that they tried to see if they could work it out that that would would, uh, be the best for what they wanted them to do. Be sure to subscribe to our pages, add to your favorites, and contribute, donate, so we can get this uh, show going on a regular, more intense basis. And we would appreciate all of your input and your suggestions. We'll be right back. Ultimately, as we said before, the best was the, the combining their lineage with a native from the earth, which was found in Africa, a bipedal uh, humanoid. And they and artificially inseminated the species from Africa with their with their um, sperm and lo and behold it did create a a live baby came forth after nine months but the main problem with this first few this, these tests went on for quite a while and uh, the, the main issue they had with them was that the uh, uh, the male they had no way to reproduce they were not uh, able to re uh, give birth to another another uh, a baby and continue on so finally they worked that out and some religion uh, people from India have it about the seven virgins I believe it's India and that's what they they try you know seven virgins and uh, the uh, insemination and uh, they got the, they used the uh, DNA from the original uh, the one, the successful uh, uh, male that, that came about after many trials and error, and he was called by the Nibiruans uh, Adamu, A D A M U, and uh, and Eve came about. Adam and Eve, uh, Inky had a his laboratory was in Africa very plush Africa, uh, you know, African laboratory, uh, Adamu, and I've never come across the name that uh, they call the female, but we call her Eve, uh, lived in the, in his laboratory, which was outside and inside, and Inky and his wife actually they they treasured there's drawings of them caring for these babies and they, as they grew up but the Lord in now was a very angry well he wasn't angry right away but when he went down to see what Inky had made he was very angered when he when he saw Adam and Eve naked and they attempted to cover themselves because he had known that Inky had made them more aware than he had wanted them to be. 
and he had a fit. But but that's that's the way it was, right? It is. So the Anunnaki, which is uh, the term that they gave the Sumerians, uh, the, the verbiage was those that came from the skies down to the land. And that land became earth, those who came from the st uh, heavens to the earth. And they are, uh, this, this whole, uh, there's people that believe that this is all true. I, I, unfortunately, I, I, not unfortunately, but I think it is fact. I think uh, this would have happened, I think this occurrence is 50 years late. It, it, according to the Mayan calendar, it should have happened at the turn of the century of 2000. But, uh, and, reading the historical facts it has been late before at least 50 years and it seems to be that it's going to be late again I wish it would be late way beyond we don't know what what it will bring if you can look up the Colbrin Bible as K-O-L-B-R-I-N that is a Bible that was actually written during the time by, you know, that one of the crossings. Oh, and when it, when planet X or Nibiru crosses the, 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 the uh, orbit of Earth and our, our solar system, it's called the crossing. And when that happens, one of the times it happened, which was destiny, destiny, and nothing could be done about it by the Nibiruans or anybody on the planet, of course, was when the deluge came, when the earth was flooded. And they were aware, the Nibiruans were aware that this was going to happen. So... And at that time, uh, Enil was pretty ticked off at Earth. He said, basically, he said, uh, all these, all they do is inter have intercourse all the time. He was annoyed. He said, let them, let them, uh, you know, be done with it. And. Enki Ashley uh, didn't want to see his creations wind up that way. So he he got the DNA of all the animals and humans and in order to save them. And they took some up into the, uh, after he got permission, they took some up into the spaceship to be with them as the earth underwent this uh, devastating uh, occurrence. They saw it coming. A few of them saved. And uh, 
and these are some of the Bible readings that are that were written many hundreds, thousands of years later from the ancient texts refer to the uh, being taken up and you know how they described as flaming chariots something of that sort so I've jumped around I'm doing this all from memory I've read most of these books but I read them about 10 uh, 15 years ago maybe and um I think uh, Sitchkin was right on. Uh, Michael Tillinger, who uh, has a book, uh, he wrote God, I think the name of the book is Gods with a Small G. Uh, there are a lot of books out there, and uh, they all cover it. There are some other uh, sc scholars today that uh, have a little bit different variation of it. But cultures throughout time have known about this and they have attempted to go underground when they knew this occurrence was going to happen. And whether or not we have any kind of preparations for that, it's hard to say. There are some people say that we do, some that say that we don't. Um, I do know that Moscow, Russia, has shelters around their cities that can hold that can hold five thousand people. My, my, I'm hoping my computer goes to sleep, even though I'm using it, but not with the screen. I'm talking on the mic, so. I'm, it just, I woke it back up, so hopefully it's still all there. But they, pardon me, there are some people, and I've seen videos of uh, mountains in Tennessee, uh, Appalachian Mountains, all of the, uh, that uh, have, appear to have some kind of underground roads going into the sides of the mountains, and what have you. Um... One of the things, if uh, if Nibiru and its son, I can't remember which, but if they, when they came, got into our solar close to us, if if they rose on the other side of Venus, when they had Venus and them by, we would be all right. But if they rode in rose in front of Venus. Uh, it would be hell to pay, probably. So, that's, uh, I think, probably uh, going to continue on for a little more. But we're not sure, so let's stop. There are, are several videos on YouTube uh, that... Uh, talk about this what I've been telling you folks about and uh, they're all pretty good there's always as anything of this sort there's always uh, um, 
different viewpoints to the extent that uh, the more views you can get, of course, the more people you can enthrall into your your uh, way of thinking or to at least view your your theses, your evidence. You uh, you make money on it. So and that we need you to donate to our site. Uh, all of our links uh, on the other platforms are our show originates on 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 Spotify. But we're also at this time on seven different plat platforms, or you could think of them as radio stations. So. Uh, if you get to our, you'll see uh, after every episode there'll be a link for support. You can get, you know, donate as little as ninety nine cents a month subscription. The other one is four ninety nine, and the one is nine ninety nine. Uh, we would appreciate you donating to help us uh, get this thing going good because. We have a lot of other work to attend to. <laughs> we like that. We really want to get this going good so that uh, we can do a thorough job. But we're, we're telling it uh, our way of talking about it, and is because I've read the books and uh, the presentations. Uh, uh, there's there's other good good uh, people out there doing good work. And uh, all in all, uh, as an added note, I'm going to play a tape in just a second uh, by um, um, for some reason by I'll put in the name Ancient Aliens Number Two in the Anunnaki Assyria and. Uh, Listen to it. This tape was made in, I believe, uh, it was January 29, 2020. And for some reason, uh, the person that made this tape, yeah, he had, you know, has the regular YouTube channel, hasn't made any sense. It's, it's quite interesting. And, uh, I think it begs the question, what happened to him? In late October 2019, several blogs around the internet reported that my home country of Syria was at the center of an actual covert alien invasion. Quoting a Federal Service Bureau agent going by the name of Dmitry Osmosevich, these blogs stated that approximately 174 United States personnel had fled the compound in Syria's Membish after receiving reports of extraterrestrial entities headed in their direction. Although it is extremely unlikely that such an event took place, assuming that it is true, why would aliens be interested in Syria in particular? And what connects the nation to a distant planet on the outer edges of our solar system that officially does not exist? For the second time in a number of months, the skies over the North African country of Algeria turned blood red, where the sun was totally blotted out, and vision was reduced to a bare minimum. 
The date was March 28, 2018. Erefiri Red Anomalous Dust Storm in the Algerian town of Wargla had residents and scientists alike baffled as to its origins. Typically, when a sandstorm of this magnitude occurs, it's due to a front blowing in from the Sahara. However, this time, this was not the case, so fringe theorists offered their own ideas. This is an artist's impression of Nibiru that is set to exist on the outskirts of our solar system. Since the 1800s, scientists have theorized that this abnormally large planet has remained hidden from us due to its distance and the unusual orbit it has around the Sun. Unlike the other planets in our solar system, Nibiru is set to follow an oblique path around our star that takes it way out of our solar system at its furthest distance and then way inside in a path past our own planet. Due to its size, whenever its proximity is closest to our system, it is set to cause atmospheric anomalies across the planets of our solar system, and especially Earth. According to Nibiru believers, the increased number of seismic activities on our planet, as well as the strange weather anomalies we have been experiencing globally, like what happened in Algeria, is the effect of this planet. So how does this relate to an alleged secret alien invasion in Member Syria? The answer is the Anunnaki, a race of Middle Eastern deities who appear in the mythological traditions of the ancient Sumerians, Akkadians, Assyrians, and Babylonians. Many people believe that these fictional gods are, in reality, aliens. According to the controversial fringe archaeologist Zakaria Sitchin, Nibiru is home to this alien race. Although his evidence is highly controversial, he has managed to grow a large global following with his theories, centered around the Anunnaki's interests on Earth and his extensive fluency in reading Sumerian texts. In his 1976 book The Twelfth Planet, Sitchin claimed that the Anunnaki came to Earth around 500,000 years ago and constructed bases of operations in order to mine gold before leaving. This leads us to the present-day Syria. In October 2019, several blogs copy and pasted from each other a story concerning an incident regarding a modern-day alien presence in the country. In the official story, Russian mercenaries had taken over a U.S. outpost in Mambij of Syria, forcing all personnel to immediately evacuate. But these blogs state that according to agent Dmitry Osmosevich from the Russian Federal Service Bureau, Putin warned Trump that an Anunnaki horde had materialized 50 kilometers from Mambij with the intention of attacking Syrian civilians near Razalain. Now, if you're anything like us, even the most open-minded of you may conclude that this sounds like science fiction. However, in late 2019, this story was circulated around the web as fact. Furthermore, the following day, an RT News crew visited the compound, with their video footage showing clear evidence that the American personnel had indeed made a hasty retreat, as they had left behind weapons, hardware, furniture, personal items, unfinished dinners, and even pets. Aith al-Masi, an Arabic RT correspondent, said they left so quickly, something must have scared the life out of them. According to Sitchin, 
Many of the biblical personalities seen in the Old Testament are based on real alien beings. He states that the commander of the Anunnaki and son of the Sumerian deity Enki was Murdoch, a personality found in the biblical book of Esther. Most significantly, one of Marduk's 50 names was apparently Nibiru, and according to the followers of Sitchin, the planet of Nibiru was named after this entity. Yeah, so that basically, uh, I'm wrapping that part up, but that's interesting. This guy kind of sounds like he's a, a Russian speaking English. He's got that accent, a Russian accent, I believe. But he hasn't had another uh, video out in a year. So, uh, an er interesting note is that uh, uh, the the Nibiruans, the, their space flight to get here, of course, they wasn't that far when, when they come close to us. So. But it is still uh, uh, hazardous because in order to uh, get to Earth uh, and land, uh, they had to penetrate the asteroid belt, and uh, they referred to it as a hammered, hammered belt. And when they got here, they uh, landed actually quite similar their space outfits, according to the carvings in the Sumerian uh, artifacts. Almost look like uh, our early, our early space traveling with Apollo, uh, the same kind of uniform, almost with the helmet on, and they landed in the in uh, the waters of um, Iraq, uh, the Gulf of Persia. Is it the Gulf of Persia? Persian Gulf. That's it, and uh, that's where they landed in the water. Ultimately, though, they uh, they settled in, brought better craft here, and they they uh, they lived here. They might even still be here, but some, of, but you know, uh, uh, most of them left, if not all. But they were here five hundred thousand years, if not longer. And uh, as I said, it's it just uh, boggles the mind. They. They uh, actually, the the goal that they mined, they had, it was a two-step process because they would take the smaller loads and then utilize the Mars uh, and, and ferried it to Mars where they could actually take off from Mars with a bigger, much bigger uh, spaceship in order to take the goal to um, Nibiru. And this, this is, apparently this is what makes gold so valuable to humanity. I mean, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's a rare, rare uh, stone, it's a element. And uh, would humanity have probably come across gold on its own? But I'm sure this had a lot to play with the, the big hunt for gold. So it carried on through their offspring all the way up through. Be sure to subscribe to our pages, add to your favorites, and 
contribute, donate, so we can get this uh, show going on a regular, more intense basis. And we would appreciate all of your input and your suggestions. So donate to our website, to our podcast. Uh, Keep the ball rolling. We'll try to have more for you next time. And uh, this is Dave Gregory. And you're listening to The Experiment.